Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. Hello, my friends. This week, I want to share with you a DEXA scan experience that I had. So as we know, I've been on this journey of self-awareness when it comes to my body and my health. So I think as I've hit the middle of my 40s, I'm realizing I am in fact a mortal woman and one day will die. And I want to maximize my experience while I'm still here. So what can I do to take care of myself? What can I do to have an awareness of what's going on so that I can address any concerns before they become truly concerning or terrifying? So I've learned about myself over the course of this that I have a propensity to be worried a lot about my health, despite actually having pretty damn decent health. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you, powers that be for the healthy body that I'm living in. I'm very grateful And for the ability that I've had to recover from difficult times and rebuild myself after setbacks and injury and all kinds of stuff. So this week, I decided that it would be a good idea for me to just have a baseline of a record of what's going on within my body so that I can compare it as I'm getting older and make sure that I'm staying on track and that I'm actually getting fitter or getting healthier rather than getting worse. And to serve that, I said, okay, I want to understand where where is the fat in my body distributed? How much is there? What could I do to improve that ratio? And also what's going on with my bones? Because I have no idea and they don't typically recommend people to start getting bone density scans until after their 60s or even in their 80s, which seems like it's kind of late at that point to get a read on where you're at. You have no idea how much you had before to know how much you've lost or gained or whatever. And I know that most people, as they age, we're worried about bone fractures and breaks and twists and falls and all those things that become very dangerous and life-threatening. And I was just curious. So part of my curiosity was that about a year ago, I went to go out for a walk in the middle of the winter and there was ice on my front porch And I slipped and took a good fall where I fell, spun, and like cracked my shin into the cement staircase. And I just like slid and fell to the ground and just sat there. You know, the kind of pain where you just kind of grab whatever got hurt and you almost can't breathe for a minute. You're like, this could be really bad. I have no idea. I'm like afraid to even open my hands and see if there's blood or if it's broken. Like, I just don't know. So it was incredibly painful. Not a great moment. I immediately regretted, like, why did I decide to go out and walk today? (laughs) I eventually let go of my shin, and I could see, like, I tore my pants. It, like, got right into my shin. I had skinned my knee, or not my knee, but the shin, and, like, kind of indented in there. It wasn't, like, profusely bleeding or anything. It was more like an abrasion, but it was immediately, like, the kind of blue-purple where you know you've done something very, very bad. 
So I kind of scraped myself up off the ground, hobbled back in. I was concerned. I was like, oh my God, if I put my foot down, am I going to be able to bear weight on this shin? Like, can I put weight on that leg? And I kind of could, but it really hurt. So I hobbled it out, put an ice pack on it and, you know, did not go for my walk that day. But ever since then, I've been really curious, like, okay, did I do damage to that bone? Um, clearly I didn't break it and I was fine and able to walk and I recovered. But to this day, like it's a year and a half later and I can still see on my leg exactly where that was. Like it's like slightly different shaped and still has discoloration there. So it was a major ding. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm grateful that I was able to take a hit that hard and not break my leg. And I hope that I can maintain that. So let's just see where I'm at. So I went and hooked myself up for a DEXA scan and I wasn't able, or I didn't even try, honestly, to get it through my doctor because I'm not entirely convinced that they would do all the tests for me because it's not recommended by insurance. So I just found online that I could pay for one and just go and get it. And I had to drive like an hour away to find a place that would take me. But it was $100. And to me, that was a good investment for, for the knowledge and to have this as a base knowledge for myself going forward of where I was at at 44 and where I might be at in another five years or another six months or whatever. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do it again in another three or four months, but I am definitely working on a fitness program right now and routine. And I expect to see some differences in particular body fat percentage should change quite a bit as I'm eating more vegetables and also moving a whole lot more and asking more of myself. So I'm just curious to see what the results of that are, but you can't see the results if you don't have a recording in the beginning. So that was really, really cool. I want to share, if you've never been through one of those scans, kind of what it was like. So I went in not knowing anything about it other than I've had an MRI before where they kind of like put you in the tube and you just kind of lay there and it does its thing. And this was more of like a really light x-ray. So they say your radiation exposure is like doing a flight from New York to LA. So, okay, people do that all the time and we're not dying. So, okay, great. Totally worth it. (laughs) And you lay down. And you don't have a pillow or anything. You're nice and flat. But what I didn't realize is they they strap your legs together. So they actually like wrapped a little wrap around my knees and around my feet so that they're just like bloop together. And then you try to relax, but you can't really. And then they have you keep your feet kind of upright so that the scan as it goes through, it's like over your head and then down your chest and then down to your feet. And they kind of jam your arms like tucked in along the side of your body. And I guess that's just so that everybody's in the exact position and they can then record your ratios comparatively. So they didn't do any interpretation of my scan. They just kind of printed out paperwork and sent me on my way and said, oh, you can share it with your doctor and they'll tell you what it means. But now we live in the age of Google, so I could Google it and take a look and see where I'm at. And it took me a while because there's a lot of readings. So it actually gives you a breakdown of your bone mass by like chunk, I guess, by body area. So it has like your torso, your ribs, your upper arms, your legs, um, hips, like your spine, all of that stuff. So it's really, really cool to be able to have those numbers. And I'm hopeful that I can actually improve them. And I don't know if that's just me being hopeful, but I, I kind of have a belief in my heart that I can improve this. So one through just supplementation, right? Having 
the right ratios of vitamin D and calcium and absorbing and being able to make more healthy bones, but also through movement and impact. So I think a lot of what helps build bone is actually, again, movement and using our body and having like movement nutrients throughout our day. So I've started to think of movement and exercise as nutrients to my body and not just, you know, an activity prescription that I do, you know, for five minutes a day or an hour a day and then it's done. I think of it as like, it's something that I should continually be doing. I should be moving my arms. I should be standing up, squatting down, picking things up, twisting, turning behind me, doing all of those motions and preferably doing some with impact because it's actually um, when you're making impact. So I'm like right now punching my hand <laughs> with my other hand so that you have that pressure that goes into the bone and tells it build more bone here. Without that feedback, I don't think our bones necessarily do it. So that's why, you know, walking and moving actually helps you to build more density in your leg bones and having more weight and muscle mass and bone density in your legs is a huge indicator, I think, of having longevity and health later in life. Sadly, I don't remember where I've heard that from, but I really want to believe that it's true. So I'm, I'm trying to work on that and say, okay, I'm going to continue to move. I'm going to continue to try to have some impact and ask something of myself that's a little more challenging with my legs. But I also want to do it with my arms because I don't want to have little chicken wings. <laughs> I want to be able to have some tone and be able to do some stuff. I recently had started with my workouts um, doing more push-ups, and I, I remember being able to do so many, and now I have trouble with my wrists, like there's pain there. So I'm working up to being able to do them straight on my wrists, but instead I'm using like those little barbell handle things that you have on the floor so I can grip that and then come down and do my push-up and up. And I'm still on my knees doing these push-ups. Like, it's rough for me. And I was so disappointed in myself. We're like, oh, man, like, in a minute, I can only do, like, eight good push-ups. And that was not on my knees, actually. I, when I did the first test, I did it on my feet. But it it was hard, and I felt like I was suffering to do them. And I was like, oh, man, like, when you were 17, this would have been nothing. Like, you could just do 25 on the ground, da, 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 da. you'd do it and, like, jump up and do jumping jacks or something. And then once again, I had to go in and go, please, please stop comparing yourself to this idea of who and what you were when you were still a kid, when there was nothing else going on for you other than, like, doing karate and training and then, you know, passing classes and getting into school. Like, it was a very different time in your life. And your body has done so many amazing things since then that at 17, you wouldn't have done. Like I've had an entire career of tattooing. I've been able to be an artist. I've been able to bear a child. Like that's incredible. I've hiked mountains. It's good stuff. So there's nothing wrong or to be ashamed of with where I'm at. I just haven't asked myself to do push-ups or lift that kind of thing. So now I'm retraining myself to be able to do it. But man, what an experience. I got off track. I think I was talking about bone density and muscle mass <laughs> and the scan and proportions. Oh my gosh, yes. So the scan comes back, they give it to you and you have like a little chart and it's supposed to show you in print like colors where you can see 
where the fat distribution is and the bone distribution and stuff, but they gave me a black and white printout, so I have no idea. It's just like a weird silhouette of my body, and I can almost see like a hollow concave of my chest where I think my heart is, some ribs, and then it changes, and then it's like my legs and goes down. I don't know. But I'm sure if I could get a digital copy, I'd be able to see it in color and see that distribution. But regardless of that, it actually does give you a breakdown percentage-wise of how much um, lean mass you have, which is muscle, and how much fat mass you have, the percentages of that and the ratios. Um, It tells you about the shape of your body, so your torso and where you have fat and muscle there versus where you hold it in like your hips and down, which is cool. And they, you can look up or at least have someone tell you what these ratios mean and what's going on. So what I learned for myself is that I'm doing fine. I'm definitely slightly better than the average person that's healthy at 30. And that's kind of cool, actually. I'm pretty happy about that for bone mass. And I think it's even better comparatively to people who are also 44, but I have no idea how much more bone density I have than them because the ratios are very weird. They give you like a T-score and a Z-score and zero means you're just like their base person that says you are healthy and have a decent amount of bone. And then if it goes towards the negatives, they said at negative 1.5, then you have osteopenia. So you're starting to reduce your bone density at negative 2.5, then like you're either in osteoporosis or getting towards that. Honestly, I don't really know because my number was like 0.3 and then the number for the Z-score was 0.6. So that's comparing you to people in your age group and what to expect. And I did not have the guidance of a doctor to help share that with me, but I will. I'm actually going to bring this with me to my doctor's appointment and see what I learned from this. And then hopefully I'll understand better if I get another scan later how to take care of myself better or just give myself an idea of what I've been able to maintain. And it's interesting that I look at it as like a motivating factor too, that when I've decided to take action, to do something in favor of my body, I want to be able to track that it's made a difference and that I'm not just doing it for nothing. So there's lots of ways to track difference, but one of them is to have a measurable recording of some factor that I wanted to change. So for me, I definitely want to reduce my body fat percentage and I would like to increase muscle mass for sure. And I would love to maintain or increase my bone density. Not a ton. I don't feel like I need to, you know, have bones of steel or anything, but I mean, that wouldn't be bad, right? (laughs) I would like to have very resilient, awesome bones. So that's my goal. And how would I know if I'm achieving it if I have no idea where I started? If I had no idea what baseline is before I start doing all these things, and even if I maintain it, that's also a good measure to go like, oh, nothing's changed and it's been 10 years, I must be doing something right, rather than seeing a deterioration. So I want to have that information rather than not have it. So that's pretty cool that you can now order these things if you're so inclined just through fitness and health groups so that you can have the record. And when I was there, the nurse practitioner that was running the scan for me said that she was part of the first DEXA scans in Connecticut. There was only two machines for a really long time, starting, I think, in the 90s. And now there's more. She's like, it's really good that people are able to get this information. And she said she thought 
that it would be good for particularly young girls to get scanned at like 13, 15, 20, like just see what's happening as they're developing and at what rate are they gaining bone and muscle mass and have that record and see where it kind of tops out in their 30s so that they know as they're getting older what's going on. She said that's like such a critical growth period for people is in their teenage years and it can be affected by so many things. And she has seen a lot of people with eating disorders and difficulty with their bodies or overtraining. So to be able to actually get a feedback and see what what kind of feedback that has on their bodies, it makes a difference in how they view themselves and what's capable for them. So I thought that was really interesting, her perspective on that. So it made me think, oh, well, I have a young daughter and maybe as she's growing up, we can talk about getting her these scans so that she has that information for her body and she can see how amazing it is. And I think that's something that I've really become more aware of and continue to want to cultivate awareness of for myself is how amazing it is to be alive, to be having this experience, to be able to be able to nourish my brain, to take in good food, to be able to have movement throughout my day, to be capable of doing, you know, eight push-ups. That's amazing. Yeah, of course I want to do more. But heck, I could do 25. Or no, I used to be able to do 25. I could do eight. (laughs) But I'm going to do 25 again. (laughs) See, we just are able to dream and to build and to shift and to grow. And I'm really thankful for that. Mm, Yes. So if you're also on the search for more information about yourself and you're having these big goals, either with your fitness or your health or just anything in general, I find having a way to track a change is a way to motivate yourself and to also reinforce how far you've come. If you don't have a measurement, if you don't take notes of where you were at the beginning or have any real concrete something in writing, something to look at, a visual or an audio or something from that period of time, it's very difficult, even when you've had massive successes and gains, to notice that that's what's happened for you because our mind is built to just kind of negate those changes. It becomes your new normal and all you notice is the next thing you have to do or the next thing you want to improve. It's super important whenever you're improving anything to know where you might have started and check in with yourself and see how far you've come and to also notice when you keep pushing your your success line farther ahead from where you are because it's kind of insidious and it's very easy to decide that you're never going to be happy with yourself, with your fitness, with anything, and to keep pushing that goal line farther and farther. And then it makes us more and more anxious and depressed and negative about what's happening rather than appreciating all that we have or all that we've made possible. So I think that's a super important thing to end on is to say, please don't do that to yourself. Don't sabotage yourself by continually moving your goalposts. It is okay and it's expected and it's great to have goals and keep furthering them, like add a new goal and have something to evolve towards. But don't forget that you've already achieved a goal on the way there. It's so crazy how fast we can decide that we're just not happy with how it's going when actually where we are is like, it's what we dreamed of having a year ago or five years ago. We never would have imagined we'd have gotten this far. So if that sounds like it's ringing a little bell of truth for you, just knowing your heart that you've been working really hard, you've definitely 
moved farther ahead in your life, you're accomplishing your goals, you might not be all the way to the next one or the next 10 that you've already set ahead for yourself because you're like me and we have like goal, goal, goal set up forever into the future. But even with all that, look back at how far you've come. Appreciate yourself for all of your hard work. Take a note of where you are now so that you have something to compare it to. And then you can actually like really blow your mind and go, oh my God, I can't believe I've managed to either maintain this or improve it or change it or alter it in some way. I know that you're going to be doing amazing things and I wish you all marvelous health and happiness this week and in all weeks. All right, I will see you next time and have a good one, my friends. Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love and I'll see you next time.